Pod Save the King! Hello and welcome to Pod Save the King. I'm your host, Zoe Forsey, and I'm joined this week by Russell Myers on a very exciting week because I'm a celebrity. Get Me Out of Here has finally got its first royal campmate, which I'm very excited about. We've also got uh, really exciting engagements from King Charles. We've had Kate and William out and about. And yeah, lots of confusion over the World Cup too. So hi, Russell. How are you? How's your week been? I'm very well, actually. Thank you very much. I, I, perhaps we should explain what I'm a celebrity is, because do does everybody know what it is? I know they have they have a version in Australia, don't they? But for our American cousins or elsewhere in Europe, some people might not know who it who or what it is. They do, but before that, I'm afraid you're not getting away with not discussing the big snuggly jacket you're wearing for today's <laughs> podcast. So Russell's logged onto the meeting, didn't mention it. He's wearing. Kind of, what is that, like a, a sort of like a, a green teddy bear fleece kind of fluffy jacket? It is jacket. incredible, isn't it? Thing is, the mean, house is quite cold, so it's, it's a strong look. <laughs> it is very cold. Well, we've been cleaning our house that we've moved into, so there was a lot of bleach smell. So I opened all the windows and then realised it was very cold. So I've stolen this jacket off of my wife and you've uh, very kindly taken a picture of me in it with a with a witch's hat yeah. we've, just had, we've just had halloween so yeah so i mean it's a horror show of an outfit but it's, it's a very professional look a so, very professional yeah. look and somewhere you wouldn't need that this is going to go down as one of the weakest links we've very done good. is australia which yes so that's where i'm a celebrity is film sick as you said i think there are versions elsewhere in the world but this is they put a group of changes kind of between about 10 and 15 celebrities in a jungle starve them of food make them eat bugs make them crawl through sludge and coffins and everything like that to try and get food um are you a fan of the show i do i do like it actually my wife in her previous life was a uh, the tv editor of uh, of another big national newspaper and she used to go down to australia for six or seven weeks um, covering it for uh, for the organisation, and she loved it. And I, and I actually I do like the show as well. It makes a it makes a heroes and villains out of people, doesn't it? And that's what we that's what we end up pouring over with reality TV. And also, quite controversially, that Matt Hancock, the former health secretary, is going to be in the jungle as well. There's a bit of a hoo ha about whether he should have. Uh, um, keep his MP job or certainly lose his MP salary while he is there. Um, so, yeah, I think it's quite, it's always an eclectic bunch. And of, that's why Mike Tyndall has obviously been chosen because he's um, a bit of a TV personality himself these days, isn't he? And obviously with his royal connections, many will be wondering, does he spill any sort of family secrets? I imagine he's uh, more adept at dealing with um, talking about the royals or the media in that way. But it would be very interesting. I'd always thought that whenever he does speak about his sort of role with uh within the sort of confines of the royal family he's very respectful and you can tell that he 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 appreciates the role that he has but any anecdotes that he tells about you know, the late queen or the rest of the family i think will be very 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 interesting nonetheless he always has a nice way of doing it i don't know i don't know how it is i don't know what the trick is but he manages to say stuff and it doesn't kind of sound boasty he just it does just seem like a normal person talking about his family but doing it in a way 
that obviously his family, his in-laws even, are the royals. But, mm. you know, when they did this special episode of his rugby podcast and spoke about the Queen, he was giving, you know, really personal details about how the family were kind of coming to terms with it and how he regretted not asking her, you know, asking the late monarch questions about meetings with people. But he manages just to do it in such a lovely, down-to-earth way that it does sound like you're talking to just any normal person that happens to have married into this you know incredible family but I'm so excited to see him on the show and I'm hoping we will get some little kind of little nuggets of royal information but I think he's going to be great on it he's he's so much fun isn't he yeah he is and he's and he's the podcast he does the the good the bad and the rugby is really good as well it's always really insightful uh good guests on it he's he's very adept at that sort of media world and i totally agree with you one of the things that i thought was really really interesting of his you know episode speaking about the the late queen was that moment when he he was almost sort of wistful saying that he really wished he had asked her more questions and advice but he used to get nervous in her presence and and i suppose that's all, how we all do feel if you were ever in uh, in her presence or you think about how you would react if you ever did uh, come into contact with the queen or any other senior roles i imagine most people would be very nervous and and even though he's been for quite a few years gone to you know those sorts of occasions with the queen and the rest of the royal family um it gives a bit of an air of normality about him that he is still quite nervous about those situations so good luck mike uh lots of people will be watching his very popular show um and uh i know our showbiz editor mark jeffries you've been speaking to him haven't you i have so mark has actually been over he's got the job i think that your lovely wife used to have but is been over in australia for six weeks so he's agreed he came on and did a little he made his debut first time on the podcast because uh, he actually had a chat with mike when he arrived at the airport so he's going to share all his expert knowledge on that now Hello, Mark. Welcome to Pod Save the Queen, your Pod Save the Queen debut. Yeah, thank you very much for having me. Now, you have done very well and you've pulled the kind of the, the lucky straw for this one because you are spending, how long are you over in Australia for? Yeah, I'm here for about five weeks in total, yeah. Wow. So you're getting, yeah, what's the weather like? Go on, make us all jealous. Yeah, it's very, yeah, it's quite sunny today. I almost got sunburned, you know, is it, I've, I've, I've pulled a good one here. It's, it's a good, it's a good gig to be in, definitely, yeah. Now, obviously, this is really exciting for our royal fans because this is I'm a Celeb, obviously a huge, massive TV show that's been going on for, gosh, how, how long is I'm going to test you now? How long has it been going on for? Yeah, about 20 years. Yeah, so 20 two years. Decades now, yeah. And they finally got their first royal campmate. How do you know anything? Has this been something that's been in the pipeline for a while? Have you got any ideas if this is something that producers have been kind of trying for before or is it all a bit of a mystery? Um, you certainly get the impression speaking to Mike that maybe this isn't the first time they've gone and offered him this this job, uh, this 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 sort of uh, this show. Uh, he gave the impression that he, he's he's gone back and forth a bit, even to decide to sign up this year. So I wouldn't be surprised if this is perhaps the second, third, or fourth year. A lot of the time with with their kind of hit list, they they have they have certain names and they do try them again and again. Um, and just some years it seems to fit. And obviously this year for him. He's finally said yes. Certainly, um, certainly, yeah, it's not his first time he's been offered the gig, anyway. And the show obviously is—I love it. I'm a huge Amos Love fan. I'm very excited for it to start. But you know, we we're going to see him in lots of uncomfortable situations, aren't we? It's kind of famous for, you know, 
eating bugs, claustrophobic spaces, beastie, everything everywhere. What, you know, were you surprised to see that they'd managed to get a royal on the list? This is probably uh, ITV's flagship uh, program when it comes to reality TV. So I think, yeah, landing Mike on this is like, it's is huge. It's also a really big deal in the sense that the Royals don't really uh, take part in these type of shows. I think some people have said probably It's a Knockout is the last thing of comparable really on, on TV. And that was sort of three decades ago, I think. So, um, yeah, it, it's a huge, I think it's a huge deal to get him. Um, also, there's so many elements with him. You've got the the royal, the fans of the royal family who are obviously going to want to watch potentially for anecdotes he could give. And obviously he's got the rugby background as well. Um, and so from that point of view, he's got a lot, going to have lots of viewers. So it, it's just a win-win in terms of them getting him on. I just think it's going to bring a lot of, a lot of viewers to the programme and potentially a lot of pr- perhaps royal fans who, who maybe wouldn't normally watch I'm a Celebrity. So yes, it's a, it's a perfect signing really. And Obviously, we know that the celebs get paid for going on there, but we don't know. It's never officially revealed how much they get paid, is it? That's right. They all get paid different amounts as well. Um, you'll see some people from maybe Hollyoaks and that sort of thing. Obviously, they're not going to get anything like what perhaps Mike's managed to negotiate. You also find out sometimes that some do give some of their money to charity. So that could be something he, he might consider. Um, but yeah, yeah. Someone like Mike Tindall, you, you would probably be looking at a six-figure contract, and certainly, yeah, he would be one of the one of the top people paid in there this year. I think. Oh, that sounds lovely. Would you? Would you for a six-figure sum? Would you go on? Would you be eating a, yeah. a bug on telly? <laughs> yeah, I think for a four-figure sum, I'd yeah. probably do it. To <laughs> yeah, um, but, but I quite like the show anyway. I'm not sure. It depends how 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 fearful you are of the stuff in there. Really, um, he 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 didn't seem that fearful, to be honest. Um, when we when we spoke to him and yeah he seems very much up for the challenge now so the show starts this weekend but all the stars started arriving last week and that is because they have to isolate for a week is that right yeah basically that they're being really cautious this year um and they did it when the show was in wales as well for a couple of years when sort of covid hit so they're getting them over here everyone had to be at least a week before the show started and then they would be tested and, not, and they're not, they've effectively been isolating since then. So um, I think Mike would have been able to perhaps give, give Zara one last phone call um, just, just after landing type thing. And then he basically is isolating in probably a very nice apartment, but effectively not been able to leave or anything until this coming weekend. And then it's all guns blazing. He'll be thrown into all these different challenges. And I guess, so is the reason they're not allowed their phones before, like, during this isolation period is so that they can't Google everyone else who's on the lineup. I think that's it. Yeah. I mean, the way things work now with, with these names coming out and stuff, I think they probably all have a rough idea of a few of a few of the other people who are on there, but I think they just want to begin that kind of um, feeling of isolation. Obviously when they're in the camp, they can't use their phones or anything like that as well. Um, And that just seems to be the way, the way they do it. I guess it is to try to, stop them reading lots of stuff in theory if they had their phones in the next couple of days they'd read some stuff about the challenges ahead what they're going to be doing perhaps and and things like that so they want to keep all that stuff secret so they get that element of surprise and they get that excitement or fear from them all I guess as well yeah ruin the magic a bit wouldn't it now you had a quick chat with Mike didn't you when he arrived at the airport so this isn't a sit-down interview you've got those to come um I believe but this was kind of you firing questions at him as he walked through with all his bags how was that 
Do you know what? He was surprisingly good and he was very nice. Um, down to earth, I suppose, is how I describe him. Um, and a lot of them come off these long flights and, and obviously the last thing they want to do is speak to me. Um, but, but Mike, yeah, he spoke he probably out of all the celebs who came through, probably spoke to us for the longest. Um, and uh, yeah, the, 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 the one interesting thing I found that he said was that he was on the fence, as we discussed earlier, maybe he was, he gave the impression that perhaps they'd had to offer him a couple of times this year and perhaps it had taken a bit of persuasion. And then he said the thing that had really swayed it for him was he'd spoken to a couple of friends of his, uh, the rugby player James Haskell and Nick Knowles, who've both been on the show before. And um, they were the ones who sort of, I think, managed to tip the balance and, and get him to sign up. So I thought that was quite interesting. Um, he wasn't he wasn't going to be drawn, unfortunately, as much on whether he got permission. There's a lot of talk about maybe who he's spoken to before he signed up. I'm quite interested in that. And that's something we're definitely going to ask him a bit more about. Um, when you say, but, sorry, when you say who he's asked, you mean his kind of the, the royal in-laws, don't you? Yeah, when the when the story was first broken, that um, I think the the information in that story was was saying that he'd sought permission from 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 the Queen before before she died. Um, so that would suggest that he signed up a long time ago. Um, and whether that's true or not, obviously he, uh, we, we were we were hopeful to find out. Also, I'd be interested to know whether he spoke to his mother-in-law about it. I suppose. Um, <laughs> <laughs> and, and, and even what Zara said, I mean, there's, there's, there's obviously there's so many elements in that sense, um, or, or Wills and Harry or anyone like you know that I would have thought they're the sort of people who might maybe maybe of the of the rules they might be the ones that would watch it. So um, yeah, we, that's what we're hoping to get or hoping to find out. And obviously that that kind of thing is the sort of thing he might let slip in uh, in the jungle as well. Yeah, I can definitely imagine George, Charlotte, and Louis kind of sitting around the telly, pointing and laughing as Uncle Mike is, you know drinks the awful milkshakes made of god knows what that they get them to do um and he mike made a really nice comment about zara when he went in didn't he and he was his was it his biggest fear was getting hangry and missing the family because obviously he's a very proud dad of three and he's you know got a wife zara that he's leaving behind yeah and he was saying that um there might, he might have a lack of sleep but he said obviously that sort of goes with the territories of being a parent anyway so he wasn't as worried about uh, sleeping in the sort of hammocks and stuff but yeah he did talk about Mrs Zara um, they also met I think I believe for the first time in Australia so it's quite a they special did. place for them um, and the other thing we were quite interested in is whether maybe she could come out at the end they could obviously um, have a nice holiday or something with the family where, oh, yeah. where, where, it all, where it all started that would be a nice nice thing perhaps we get to have a, a drink at the end with them that would be <laughs> even even nicer so yeah it's 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 quite interesting that their their romance began there and and I think this is you know 20 years on or something he's now taking part in a sort of um reality tv show in the same place <laughs> yeah because they always do or they used to do it. I haven't seen it as much in recent years but you know when the campmates would get um booted off and they'd come across the bridge and they'd come out to all the fireworks and there'd always be a loved one waiting for them there wouldn't there what you know is that something that's going to be back on this year's show um do we reckon we might oh how good would it be with Zara there yeah, I mean, that is definitely coming back. The red carpet is being rolled out. I think probably because of COVID, it's not happened quite as much the last few years. But um, the family and friends will be coming over. They tend to come over about two weeks into the show. It's a three-week show. So they get a few nice days um, in the sunshine, especially if their their other half gets to the final or something. They get a bit longer kind of thing. Um, yeah, so we're, we're obviously hoping that Zara is going to come out. We did ask um, we did ask him if that was the case, and he, he wasn't saying either way. Um at the airport but hopefully um 
yeah, hopefully she will be there. And also there's other elements like um, if he gets quite far to the final stages, they tend to get letters from home. So would Zara pen a letter? Would, oh, of would, course. They, they get read out. That would be quite interesting to hear hear what she thought and stuff. Um, yeah, so there's 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 lots of elements along the way that could could have sort of little bits of royal information and stuff, which could be quite fun, I think. Yeah, and then when they get the luxury items that they often win down the line, don't they? Quite a lot of them have a photo or like a pillow with a photo printed on it. So I wonder if we'll get, you know, something with the, with the kids or something would be lovely, wouldn't it? Mm, definitely, yeah. I mean, that that's um, there's always a bit of um, argument because they all, they all basically want photos, I think, or pillows. And they obviously have to, I think they try and mix it up so they can't all have them, but... Yeah, in his case, obviously, it'd be interesting to know what photo he chose and if we could sort of get a glance at it, whether it was one that was well known or a private one we've not seen before, which would, would be great. Brilliant. Right. Well, thank you so much for kind of filling me in of everything we know so far. I'm very excited for uh, Mike Tyndall to be on I'm a Celeb. Enjoy the next few weeks. We very much look forward to hearing all your updates. Uh, all of Mark's stories with the latest from the jungle will obviously be on the Mirror's website and in the Mirror newspapers. So yeah, enjoy the sunshine. Remember your, your hat and your sun cream. <laughs> Thanks very much. One of the big questions, Russell, that I think people have, that I've been speaking to, is why or how is he allowed to do this? Because obviously there's so much privacy that the royals want and, you know, we obviously wouldn't expect to see Kate or William or anyone like that do that. But my understanding is that it's because Zara and Mike, because they are so far down the list of succession, or Zara is anyway, it's because they are not working royals, which means they're allowed to go and make money their own way in the same way that Meghan and Harry are is is that right well yeah I mean that essentially that is the, the case isn't it they, they've got no reason not to make their own commercial ventures uh, I think that the family would be fairly comfortable with Mike Tyndall going on that he's not going to betray them in any way he's not going to deliver any state secrets or um if, if delve into the family history that could embarrass them all so one, Mike is a safe pair of hands. Two, as you rightly say, they're not working royals. They've never been. They've never been sort of attached to um, doing royal jobs. I know that Zara has, has has potentially been involved with the British equestrian team from from time to time, and um, and percent potentially been seen as a sort of royal ambassador. I think you could say because she, because of her association with uh, with the, the Olympic squads, but. Of course, listen, they've, they've got to have a life, haven't they? And the fact that he is a TV personality, I mean, he's had his own life way before he was a sort of member of the royal family with his sporting career. And he is a TV um, sort of showbiz personality as a, and, and, and I think he's rather liked as well. So that's why he's been chosen. And I definitely do think he'll, he'll talk about the Queen. He'll talk about the funeral. He'll talk about the fact that the family... Are no doubt missing her, coming to terms with uh, with her departure, um, uh, and I wouldn't have expected anything. I won't expect anything less than him being super respectful and kind of just addressing whatever he says. It's going to be interesting, isn't it? Because people are going to be really, really interested in uh, in that sort of closeness with the family. But I can't imagine anything that he would be uh, would be that scandalous. But you never know, I suppose. And that's what they're, <laughs> they're banking on, isn't it? That's why they're paying quite a lot of money for people who they, they put into the jungle. Now, so that's the show starts on Sunday. So for anyone who can't watch it, we know that it's not available 
you know, in other parts of the world, but we will be bringing you updates on that for the next three weeks, which is very exciting. And yeah, good luck, Mike. Now, up next, we had a new title for King Charles this week. And I must admit, I was a bit surprised by this one because we thought it was going to go elsewhere. So he's been made, or I say he's been made, he's probably made himself. He's become uh, Captain General of the Royal Marines. This was announced earlier this week on their 358th birthday. And this was one of the jobs that Prince Harry used to hold, but was had to was forced to give up when they stepped back from their royal duties. Now, but we thought this might go to Princess Anne, and she was going to be the first woman ever to hold the role. What happened there? Yes, well, I, I just think that was a bit of a bum steer, to be honest, because that had always been mentioned. And I think it was uh, in the Sunday Times that had written it. It seems like ages ago, didn't it? It was after the decision to take away these military titles had been made to, to strip them away from Harry and his uh, after his departure. Princess Anne was mentioned. I know that Kate was mentioned. There was an awful lot of that, you know, wouldn't necessarily have gone to, I, I didn't think it would go to William or Kate because of the closeness to Harry in that sense. Anne was seen as a safe pair of hands. But no, it seems as well. It not seems, it's happened. King Charles is going to be the new Captain General of the Royal Marines. Um, and what does this mean? I mean, it's, it's, it's certainly a huge honour for, for the Royal Marines. And the King himself did uh, did say and in, in the statement. And the reason why it came out last week was, was because it was um, tied in with the 358th anniversary of, uh, of, of, of the Royal Marines Corps being... Um, being created, and the king said he was exceptionally proud to become its ceremonial head. I'm just going to read, I'm pulling up his uh, his statement here. He said it's uh, the greatest possible pleasure to assume the role of your captain general. I'm exceptionally proud to follow in the footsteps of so many members of my family over the last three and a half centuries, all of whom held the role with a deep sense of admiration. And he obviously mentioned that his uh, his grandfather and his great grandfather, as monarch, had held the role. Some people were saying, oh, God, it hasn't taken him long to forget his own father's role. Of course, the Duke of Edinburgh had that role before the Duke of Sussex. However, he was talking as a, the role of the monarch. And of course, he is the king. And uh, his grandfather and great-grandfather also held that role whilst being captain general of the Royal Marine. So um, it's probably, yeah, this was created with the, with, we, we understand with the, wishes with the sign off of the late queen um bonus point if you know what uh Terem means oh is it, it like is by, the, uh, by the sea bear. oh what is it it's like by sea by ah because this you've was run what... out of time you've run oh. out you've, you did you, you did get 50 by land by sea by land by Marines. sea this was it because this was prince harry put that in the tribute that he wrote to his grandfather, Prince Philip. That he was did. how he signed that off as well, which is why I remembered 50% of it, which we'll, we'll take from yeah. that and not well, the rest again, of it. Again, so, I mean, he, I think, well, this is another question, probably should have looked it up, but uh, didn't the Duke, of Ed- the Duke of Edinburgh held the role of something like 63 years or something. Blimey. And then, um, and then, I mean, Harry, poor old Harry, only for eighteen months. So, uh, you would one would assume that the, the king will take this um, on and t- until his uh, his dying breath. And um, but yeah, interesting that it's come to him. Kind of settles the, the score, keeps it back in with the monarch, I suppose. Which is that obviously there is history there. 
doesn't become controversial if one of the uh, the you know the prince or princess of Wales had taken it, um, and uh, and it is obviously a huge honour for both the king and the uh, the Royal Marine Corps as well. Now, Kate and William are about out and about today, actually. So that's on Thursday. So we haven't got the full event yet because it's still ongoing as we record this. But you know a few of the kind of early details of it, don't you? So they're out in Scarborough. What are they doing there? They are a lovely place near the coast on, of North Yorkshire. So they're quite uh, quite a way up north today. Um, how I describe this? I mean, it's a great initiative, and this this I think is a sign of things to come and what we will see a bit more of a marriage between the Royal Foundation of the Prince and Princess of Wales and other local community groups. So how this has come about was the Royal Foundation and uh, a couple of community groups in the local area. One is called the Two Ridings Community Foundation, and they were working sort of in the background, really. We didn't know too much about this. It had been, uh, been sort of muted that this was going on. Nobody knew sort of what the, the details of it were, but very very focused about youth engagement very focused about mental health and earlier this year both the royal foundation and those local youth community groups were working on ways to try and find out how they could have an impact in the local area working with both mental health and young people and today because of the work that they've been doing basically hitting the phones trying to find money from local sources um, donors came forward and they have raised an incredible £345,000, which is probably about the same money in dollars these days. Uh, but what does that mean? What, what are they going to do? Well, lots of buzzwords being thrown about, as you would well imagine, like community impact and legacy. But what does it really mean in a sort of normal language? Well, they're going to be creating uh, local youth groups, it's, you know, drop-in centres that kids can be involved in. And I think, um, like I said, it's going to be a bit more of a a marriage of involvement between the Royal Foundation kind of being the front people for these local community groups that may have otherwise struggled to raise funds or engage the local community. But when you've got the sort of power and might of the, uh, the Prince and Princess of Wales, not only working in the background, trying to, to to find their own ways of helping these uh, these organisations to raise money, but then will come and you know be the front for it, I suppose, and show up like they did today. Um, then that is obviously really really important for 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 local charities to 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 have that um, have that association with them. So. Definitely. Lots of community visits. Again, they've taken on this new role, the Prince of Princess of Wales. What will happen? I definitely think hopefully we're going to see a couple of big, big tours next year with them. Uh, But I think they will want to get out and about to as much as the UK as they can, certainly within the first 12 to 24 months. And um, and again, helping helping local people like this. It was such a. It was really nice to see them again because obviously we've not seen them for a few weeks, um, believed to be because obviously George, Charlotte, and Louis have been on their half-term holidays. So it's lovely to see them back in it today. They look really happy and braving, braving the war. Uh, the ugh, not the warm, the rain, the opposite for something we know they're so passionate about. And as you said before, it's kind of them and the rest of the royals getting back to the kind of you know the kind of almost bread and butter stuff that they're really passionate about and that they work for. And I think with the Wales is with mental health that's that's you know very very true 
But a kind of slightly glitzier occasion last night. So there was a big reception for all the Olympic medal winners at Buckingham Palace uh, last night. So that's on Wednesday evening. So there we had we had a qu- quite a collection, didn't we? So there was King Charles was there, Queen Camilla, uh, Prince Edward. Uh, he's a patron of the uh, Team GB Paralympics. Princess Anne, who's the Team GB president, and the Duke of Gloucester. And this was for the, I think there was about 200 winners of the Tokyo mm. and Beijing Games, so 2020 and 2022. That looked like a a fun occasion. Lots of interesting people in that room, wasn't there? There was, actually. Um, And and again, lots of people pouring over this photo that's been taken by Chris Jackson of Getty, who no doubt Royal fans will be very, very familiar with. Um, uh, Obviously, Camilla has been to an Indian health spa that we found out by proxy last week because her plane had flown into a bird. Did you see this? Oh, yes, I did. I've uh, forgotten about that. She'd squirreled herself out of the country for a few days, and then it came out that she'd been on this British Airways plane that had smashed into a bird and had completely dented the whole of uh, the nose of the plane. No doubt the bird must have had a rather unfortunate end to that. But she, I thought she looked, uh, she looked very sprightly. She looked very, very well, as did the, the king. Kind of maybe having a bit more of a bit R and R. Obviously, they they they, they cancelled the India, Pakistan, and Bangladesh trip that we were looking forward to, which was supposed to be a couple of weeks ago. Um, the the rumoured France state uh, visit for for Charles and Camilla has also been canned. So again, bit more space in the diary. I've been told that there won't be any trips this year at least. So uh, we're looking towards the new year for the first state visit for, well, foreign state visit for Charles and Camilla. But good, like like the Wales is, doing things at home, celebrating local communities, important to celebrate, you know, the, the Paralympians and the Team GB lot as well. Um, and what's it mean? I suppose it means don't rock the boat too early, try and find out, you know, what the lay of the land is, Obviously, whether people know about this, but their office, the staff in their offices have have, be, have had big change as well. There's going to be some people coming over from Clarence House. Others uh, will be sort of leaving the business, as it were. Uh, Kate and Williams had a, had a bit of a change up of their members of staff as well. So I think everybody's kind of bedding down a little bit. I wouldn't expect too much to happen you know, before the end of the year. We're already seeing the Christmas decorations up in the local supermarkets i saw last week Oh (laughs) yes not long now i mean there's there's been a lot of discussion about the celebrations tins and bounties not being in them so that you can definitely tell that christmas is on the horizon and with um celebrations tins are boxes of chocolates if you haven't seen this local scandal that is enveloping the the uk at the moment but well actually with that being, you said, being you should have come into the office today because the very important journalism i was doing before i came in here is we've got, got our team we've got one and bought 10 boxes of them to go through and work out how many are in all of them so there are so many you, quality streets rocking around in the office and you've decided to work have from you home. carried out this uh, this public service journalism already uh, it is being done as we speak I've stepped right. away from okay, it for well, the we've podcast. Got full updates. <laughs> full updates. Listen, I, I think, you know, collaboration. What have I said before? There are less working royals now. Edward and Sophie stepping up in inverted commas. And I saw a poll last week, actually, that says William and Kate right at the top. Anne was coming in at third. Their approval ratings all, all knocking around the 70 to 64% mark. I think that's really interesting. People seeing Anne 
for the amazing job that she does. You know, lots of people say to me all the time, why don't you carry more Princess Anne? It's because let's not beat around the bush. Anne would say it herself. She, you know, isn't the most glamorous of, uh, of members of the royal family. She gets on, rolls her sleeves up, does the work. We've tried to carry, uh, you know, her work before. But, uh, I mean, Arthur, Arthur Edwards, a legendary son photographer, said it myself. He said, she's always treated the press like telegraph poles. Doesn't matter whether you're there or not. She couldn't give a hoot. And she just gets on with the job and does it remarkably well. But what people saw throughout the Queen's passing was really appreciating that closeness between her and her mother and the way that you know, Charles really relies on her as a trusted lieutenant. He, he, I think, will rely on her counsel quite a lot. He respects her incredibly. She carries the respect and admiration of uh, her entire family and the organisations that she is attached to. So, um, yeah, well, I think we will see a bit more collaboration, but I don't think anyone's going to be rocking the boat just yet. I think next year is a big year of change. There's going to be big tours. There's going to be big visits. We're going to hear a lot more of the charity work, this collaboration, and um, yeah. Again, I say a lot of I say a lot of watch this space recently at the moment. Don't know, but I, I I think we are in a transitional period, and that that nothing is going to really happen that will sort of shock us. But I think once we get the details of you know the big tours and those big charity initiatives, um, then I think we will see the the birth of sort of Prince Charles's um, legacy and, and what how he wants to be shaped as a as a monarch and what it, the job means to him. Hundred percent, and I'm really glad they're actually doing this because if you think if you or I started a new job, you would normally take you know it does take you a while to kind of get your feet under the desk and to figure out where everything is and to do that side of it. And it is nice, I think that it feels like they're taking quite a sensible approach to it rather than jumping straight in. They're kind of you know feeling getting the lay of the land a bit figuring out what they're doing and this is obviously something that that Megan was quite criticized before of lots of people said that she didn't learn how it worked before and just kind of went straight in which you know is understandable because it's very exciting you want to start doing all these projects but it's interesting to see them kind of taking it taking it a bit uh you know a bit more slowly which I think is really nice and she said the lead up to Christmas always kind of slows down a bit anyway doesn't it so just starting that a bit earlier I think is is really exciting now, speaking of Megan, we've had the latest episode of her podcast, Archetypes, which, Russell, I know you haven't had a chance to listen to yet because you've been out and about on the road all of this week, but I'll kind of give you give you some of the highlights So before you had a chance to listen. So this was called uh, Good Wife, Bad Wife, Good Mum, Bad Mum, and kind of spoke about all those stereotypes surrounding, you know, how women are seen in those roles there were a few interesting takeaways from it but probably my favorite was she was talking about obviously when she became engaged to Harry she mentioned it was written in the statement that she was going to take the test to become a British citizen so she had to study for this test that they have to do and Megan said as many people do that it was actually extremely difficult and she said that Harry struggled to answer some of the questions as well have you ever read any of these questions or have you ever looked at them before no, and I had seen this. This is the only thing that I had seen from the from the podcast. I'm not sure whether it's a barometer of how hard it was that Prince Harry couldn't uh, did, didn't know the question. However, um, I I don't know. I haven't I haven't seen. Oh well, any, are, funny are you, you should say that. Funny you should say that. With, oh, my, <laughs> okay, great. So, so this is where I'm absolutely ridiculed after just. Uh, Taking the mick out of only a couple of them. Only and they are. We've got a big list of them here. I won't bore everyone with all of them, but some of them, some of them are hard. So, first one: Who built the Tower of London? William the Conqueror 
Queen Victoria, Queen Elizabeth I, or Olivia, Olivia, no, Oliver Cromwell. <laughs> Who built the Tower of London? Yep. Give me the options again, quickly. Hang on, I've lost it off my screen now. Hang on. Da, 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 da. <laughs> right, William the Conqueror, Queen Victoria, Queen Elizabeth I, or Oliver Cromwell? Um, uh, uh, Oliver Cromwell. Oh, it was. Hang on, it's two. It's A. No, it wouldn't have been. Uh, William the Conqueror, I'm afraid. Uh, I didn't hear that. That that was part of the uh, that was an option. Anyway, go okay. on. Keep going. Next one. This is I think really hard. What percentage of the UK population has a parent or grandparent born outside the UK? Which I wow. think is really you, hard. Around five percent. Around ten percent. Around fifteen percent. Or around twenty percent. So sorry. What was the question again? How many? Wh- what percentage of-, of the UK population has a parent or grandparent born outside of the UK? So 5%, 10%, 15% or 20 10. 3 is B, which is 10%. Yep, that is right. Congratulations, around 10%. That was a guess. That and was I'll a guess, give you one said. more. Let's have one more. Let's have one more. You should, you should be able to get this one. This is going to be one that you'll get in trouble if you don't know, I think. Which oh, two God. political parties formed a coalition in 2010? Conservative Party, Green Party, Labour or Leave Dems. Yep, there we go. So it is is tricky. They're not easy questions. There's questions on here about films, um, you know, what two cases can be heard in youth courts. There's there's loads of stuff in here that I didn't know. Yeah, Yeah, so very tricky. Are you you supposed to, you you surely have, you can revise for it. Yeah, you can revise for it. But looking at the kind of, you know, all the different, questions in here which two pop music groups were famous during the swinging 60s you know how is a lot to cover that's going to be a big old textbook and to revise from but anyway I thought that was really interesting and I'm really liking from these podcasts she also spoke about her morning routine with Archie and Lilibet and how she loves cooking breakfast every morning for them and sees it as a really important kind of part of their family's days I'm really enjoying I know you have different views on it but we're not going to dwell on them this week but I'm really enjoying hearing all these little little bites of information that we're seeing and I don't know about you but it feels to me like they're getting more personal as they go on which I'm really enjoying I'm really enjoying hearing but last thing we've kind of got on the list to talk about today is the World Cup because this has been quite confusing this week so reports we had earlier in the week said that Prince William wasn't going to be going obviously we know he's a huge football fan he's always at these big games but he said there's obviously quite a lot of uh, controversy around these uh, these games which start on the 21st of November but now they said that he might go if England get to the final what help me on this one because I'm very confused well that's I mean the, the issue is that um, I mean it, it's it's obviously hugely controversial this Qatar World Cup because there's been an, uh, a lot of uh, people have died building the stadiums they have a shocking human rights record you can't be gay in the country um, I mean it's frankly ludicrous that any politician could say with a straight face uh, or any organiser of these games that oh everybody is invited oh but by the way don't be uh, displaying any public displays of affection if you are a homosexual because you're likely to be arrested or even worse. I mean, this is just frankly disgusting, outrageous. A lot of people have um, 
you threatened to boycott the game. Should a member of the royal family be going? William is president of the Football Association. Um, then it was reported that he was going to boycott it. But then uh, there was some rather big kickback from sources close to him saying that he would go if England were to reach the final and it would be part of a government delegation. I mean, I just find, Frank, find, find the whole thing a bit unpalatable. Uh, is anyone really... I'm a big football fan. I'm not really interested in this World Cup. It's in November. Everybody's going to be you know, hunkering down for their... Um, for their sort of in the winter where we just sort of wear big jackets like I'm wearing now, don't go outside very much. The World Cup to me was always about, you know, going to the pub or, it's or bar- watching barbecues, it with your mates. everyone in the exactly. garden, summer t shirt, shorts, sun, yeah, totally. In it, even though it was in Russia, it was still the summer. The South American World Cups, ones in France, but you know, European summers where it's just amazing. The reason they couldn't hold it in the summer is because like 50 degrees in Qatar. Ooh. And no doubt it will be a, a spectacle as any big sporting occasion is. They've built these all these new stadiums with the vast amount of money that the Gulf states have. But again, how can how on earth can you have uh, a, a FIFA that is an organisation that pre- preaches um, you know, rights for all, involvement for all, um, the, the, under the banner of uh, I, I know that FIFA were using the, sort of the LGBTQ plus banner? It's just frankly a bit ludicrous. And so, yeah, um, William will not be travelling out for. I think that the first game is about November the 18th against Iran. He won't be travelling out for those Greek games. But if we were to make the final, I think that's probably a bit if, if big if, isn't it? Um, then he would potentially go. They would look at ways that he could go. I think big own goal if he does go because he, you, you can't say one thing about being a campaigner. Um, you know. William has spoken up for, for 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 gay rights in the past. He's been on the cover of Attitude magazine. He's he said that he would totally be fine with it if his own children were gay. Certainly, if George came out to him, that is something that he would want him to be comfortable with and address appropriately. Uh, give it, give it. I mean, well, that's on the background of of his uh, his son being king, and therefore. How would that affect him? Um, and he spoke very eloquently about that. I think that was a year or two ago. But I don't know. I just find I find nobody's really up for this World Cup. So he'll probably get out of it because England won't make the final anyway. But that, maybe they will. And then we'll, you know. That's if the spirit do, to go great. into it with. But no, I know what you mean. There's not I'm the same huge football fans on. There's just not the excitement and the buzz. Normally by this point, what we are three weeks away from the first game. Normally you've got, you know, you're starting to see all the uh, bunting and the flags Slags go up banners, in the yeah, pubs. Yeah. You know, you, they're out the cars, but there's nothing yet. But I must say, I'm not at all jealous of uh, Prince William and his aides as they try and if they do have to make that decision. Because as you said, I wouldn't assume, obviously, I, I don't know, but personally, I would assume he ha- you know, wouldn't want to, to be part of that. But obviously in his role as, as the, you know, FIFA's made this decision um, and it's a really tricky situation for him. But yeah, as you said, let's, mm. let's well, not they've, get they've ahead made of it, They've and... made it because there's a load of alleged corruption and, mm. you know, allegedly bad bags load of cash. <laughs> so <laughs> much money. It is what it is. It is what <laughs> but it there is, we go. Now, I'm, I'm, I'm sure, I'm sure, I'm, I'm sure, you know, 
some people will see it as a good tournament and, and and of course other voices must be heard as to why it shouldn't have gone there in the first place but that's an entirely different podcast now what have we got coming up this week anything exciting well there is something uh that i can't tell you about because we're coming out when are we coming out later today today yes all right well maybe i'll just say look out for something really interesting that will be hitting your websites and newsstands on <laughs> Friday. Very exciting. So yeah, look at something interesting. It involves a bit of travel. I've spoken about where we're going to go, uh, you know, in in a few weeks. People can work Ooh. it out, but we can talk about it next week. Very exciting. Uh, also this weekend, we've got Kate is going to the rugby, which I'm looking forward to. So obviously in her new position as a patron of the uh, Rugby Football League, she's going to the final of the, so this is the Rugby League World Cup. So it's her first Rugby League thing she's done. Obviously she did the Six Nations, but that was Rugby Union. Um, and I'm not going to embarrass myself by trying to spend too long dwelling on the differences, but they're kind of different versions of the rugby sport. So that would be really fun it would be lovely if we maybe got to see one of the kids with her as well who knows that would but be interesting yeah That'd which interesting. so i'm very much looking forward to that as well also i know that mark has done a really interesting chat with mike tyndall ahead of him going into the jungle but that is all embargoed until the weekend so make sure you keep an eye on the mirror's website and in the paper at the weekend to get a look at that but yeah so next time i speak to you we would have seen mike do i'm reckoning some sort of some sort of weird and disgusting and horrible challenge on his first few days of the jungle so i look forward to catching up with you then and we can be very glad that we're sitting here and not there covered in bugs i think is the <laughs> the way forward <laughs> thank you so much for joining me russell and thank you to everyone for listening as always we're on social at pod save and until next time pod save the king <laughs> <laughs>